Okay. All right, welcome everyone to the video for this week. Um, so today we're going to talk, we're just going to basically do a little bit of a riff um, on Bitcoin, just kind of see where we end up, just have a little talk, because I know it's something that people are interested in hearing about. And I think just having our perspectives of being in the space and just um, just talking kind of casually about it, nothing too technical is going to be coming up today. Might do, but hopefully not too complicated. Um, we'll try to steer away from that. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we should start with, um, I think I don't think we've gone to like what drew us to Bitcoin in the first place. We can kind of start there. Yeah. I mean, um, I started in Bitcoin 2019. I uh, I had heard about it sort of, but I didn't really know much about it at all. But again, it was like sort of a gut instinct that this is something new, novel and powerful. Um, and then, but I didn't really know how to access it because I didn't know the space at all. But then I heard on the radio that um, uh, PayPal was starting to sell Bitcoin. Um, and they were also selling Ethereum and Litecoin and that was it. And I had a PayPal account. So it was like a really easy way for me to access the space. Uh, so I just uh, bought some Bitcoin and Ethereum, but mainly Bitcoin. And sorry. Um, and then I think actually it was maybe through you. And uh, yeah, that was sort of my entry. And I just love the space. Yeah, that's how that's how I got in. And I've been in ever since, and I'm totally in love with it. It excites me uh, emotionally, intellectually, instinctually. Um, so that's pretty good. I wish I had a boyfriend like that. <laughs> um. So my journey into crypto uh, and Bitcoin was really through my partner, um, Adam, who he, to be honest, actually, it happened before that. So um, a couple of years, I would say it was probably in like 2016 or 2017. I remember hearing about it on a podcast and I was really, really interested. I was like, oh, I really want to get into this. It just sounded like up my street just to have something different, the kind of different type of investment. And I kind of what I'd heard I believed in but I had no idea how to access that so I remember googling like how to buy bitcoin and it just was like it just felt too complicated I was like I can't I actually don't know how to do this so I didn't pursue it at all and that was like it popped out of my mind um and then when I was with Adam he introduced me to bitcoin because it's something he was really interested in and at first I was quite not resistant I just wasn't like particularly that drawn to it. I just wanted to sort of get on with what I was doing. And then um, over time, he would talk about it a bit more. And I thought, I actually really need to understand this better and to see what the hype is, what is, um, you know, what is it about Bitcoin that people are really inspired by? So I ended up going on a kind of big exploration, but it was, I basically just wanted to kind of put my full focus on what is Bitcoin? Like, what is this thing that people are talking about? And as soon as I started doing research and I started watching a lot of the videos, I went deeper and deeper and deeper. And I was like, this is so 
interesting. This is so inspiring. And because by then it had been out for quite a long time um, and had been used in lots of different ways and had been tested in lots of different ways, all of those kind of initial concerns that maybe it was going to go to nothing or um, maybe it could be hacked hadn't played out. And so I was, I was really interested to see how this technology had really sustained over time. And I realized that it was something that could really impact the world and was something that I really wanted to pursue. I realized that um, there was finally another alternative to the financial system that we have and Bitcoin was it. And I just thought for investment purposes, I would like to be a part of it, but also for my own, um, my sense of like direction of where I want to put my money was Bitcoin. And it's interesting because both of us come from a very environmental background. You know, we're very into nature and into the earth. And I think for some people, there's a sort of juxtaposition between, you know, wanting this digital currency and especially one that does have impact on, you know, or does use electricity. And so it's really interesting for both of us to recognize how powerful it is as a technology that we stand behind it and that we um, are in support of it above the system that we have because we see what it delivers like the potential that it brings um and the the good that it can actually do to the environment um and to uh you know the generation of renewable energies in order to start to alleviate some of that pressure but that's all kind of additional but it's just interesting because both of us that's one of the kind of arguments that people have or criticisms about Bitcoin. And yet both of us are coming from a very environmental background and yet we are still very inspired by it um, and see that it's the future. Oh, I was just going to say like in the future, we'll do a video on, mm -hmm. we dive a little bit more into uh, Bitcoin, crypto and environmental impacts. Um, but if I said to you and you're like, what is Bitcoin? I mean, for me, I I like to think about sort of the historical element in terms of money. Like, so for me, it's a new generation of of currency of money. Um, looking at money, I mean, we've had paper money for a long time. It's sort of and it evolved over time from where you were like exchanging maybe shoes for a sheep. <laughs> you know, and how that was such a complicated kind of exchange. And then there was then representations of uh, currency, of, of money, shells, uh, you know, and then it was gold, then it was gold coins, and then it came became paper. And we've sort of, I think it's, we're in a time, especially after COVID, uh, where it is time to revolutionize uh our lives, our perspectives of planet Earth, and in, in ourselves in, in the universe, and currency. So for me, I would say Bitcoin, I mean, I guess I will go more, or what was it built to address? And like Anya was just saying, how our system of money has moved through um, all of these different kind of forms. And now we have paper money. Uh, we also do have some some coins still. But quite a lot of the movement of money we do is online. So moving from my bank to say Anya's bank. So if I needed to pay Anya um, $50, I would have to send that from my bank. Now, what happens with that process is that 
I have to trust my bank to hold my $50. I then have to trust my bank to send that $50 to Anya's bank. Anya has to trust her bank. And then I have to, and those two banks kind of trust each other. And we have to trust our banks that they're not going to take our money or they're not going to spend our money um, and that they have the money there available. And there's all of these extra steps in order to get the money from me to another person, from me to Anya, from me to the shop. You have to go through the banks. We always have to go through a third party. And so that third party, that bank, takes a cut of the money I'm sending and we need to trust that bank and that bank can shut us out. So if it deems that we do something that it doesn't feel is appropriate, then it can block us from accessing our money. So what Bitcoin does is it's called a peer-to-peer -peer financial uh, like network. So what that means is I can send Bitcoin from me to Anya directly from me to a shop directly. I don't go through um, a bank. So technically there are no fees, although there are small fees in terms of sending that money over the Bitcoin network, but there are other networks also that make it a bit cheaper, but it's certainly not as expensive in any way than what it would be if you go through a bank. It's also, and that was the, the main aim was to make it very low in fee. So you're sending from one person to another with very low fee. But the issue in doing that is if I was going to send money to Anya, then how do I know she is going to, um, how do I know she's not going to say, oh, you never sent me the money. Um, you've got to send it again because I'm just relying on trust, right? I'm like, I have to trust Anya that she is going to tell me that she definitely received the money that I sent her. And she then has to trust me that I'm definitely going to send the money. So what Bitcoin did was it created a trustless system. You don't have to trust a bank and I don't, you don't have to trust the person that you're sending money to and you don't have to trust the person who's sending the money. So what, how it does that is it, it's, it's basically like a, a ledger. So it's an online system of every transaction that's ever happened and it can't be basically denied or um, changed. So because of that, and it's, it's, protected through cryptography so because of that if I in order for me to send bitcoin to Anya um it knows uh how much bitcoin I have because it's on the ledger and then when I send um, bitcoin to Anya it puts that on the ledger and Anya receives that money and it then updates the ledger with how much she's got so there is no need to trust anybody we just have a ledger that documents every single transaction and so it basically is digital currency that can be sent person to person and so that means that um and it also can't be shut down or taken from you or intercepted uh so that just makes it really powerful and that's why it differs from traditional our traditional system where you have to rely on banks and their kind of instruction and their holding essentially of your money so it's basically like you are your own bank and you hold that money. So um, for the kind of the initial way of it being described was Bitcoin is digital cash. It moves from person to person without an intermediary. Um, did I explain that well? I think, yes, you did. 
And, and, you know, I was just thinking about that, you know, there are so many fees associated with uh, bank, the banking system. And uh, so going to cryptocurrency, you're, you're taking on that. You don't have those fees. You're taking on more, more responsibility, but you're also gaining a lot more power um, and, and safety in a way, because a bank can, if you want to send your money to your mother living far away in a different country and she she relies on that money and if the suddenly we go to war with that country or whatever like let's say in the usa um that bank can get, deny you from sending that money to that person you know or if they they in any way suspect it and this could be a, have a huge impact on you if you can't send that money. Mm -hmm. um, so the bank is this gatekeeper um, that can be detrimental to you if they don't agree with, you know, how you live your life. Mm -hmm. And so crypto then gives you that freedom. Um, yeah, I think that's that's huge. <laughs> yeah. And especially as we're becoming more international, you know, we're becoming more earthlings Then mm -hmm. that sense of nationalism is sort of slowly, you know, those barriers or those uh, walls are sort of becoming much more porous. And so there's a lot more communication all around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I think especially with Twitter mm -hmm. and, um, and Facebook and all that, you know, it's those I think, and, and I think we're, we're much quicker as a, mm -hmm. as a community building community all around the world as individuals than these large institutions can even be because it, those large institutions are so much that has to happen in order to change. And so the banks are really lagging behind uh, in terms of what's happening, I think with community. Yeah, completely. Um, because it's really nice to think of it like that is that in a way money is connection so with bitcoin money is connection because you're connecting with each person individually and yeah. you can actually send micro payments so there is a um uh, like a podcast platform or a music platform called fountain and you can listen to your podcast that you like and you can send a micro payment in bitcoin to any of the the people that you enjoy listening to and it's just like it's making this direct connection with that person in that moment and on twitter as well you can send these micro payments and it's so it's like connecting mm -hmm. specifically with the person that you want to and you know it's not going through anyone else it's just going directly to that person and so you're supporting community yeah. but you're using kind of money as connection and Bitcoin allows that because you can send part of a Bitcoin. You know, it's not like you can't send uh, a quarter of a cent, you know, but you can send like micropayments, tiny amounts to different people. So every time you clicked on something, you, it could send a micropayment, which just allows the money to flow, allows the Bitcoin to flow. Um, a little bit like what we were talking about the other day with the, the money is energy. And yeah when you were just speaking to that piece about sending money abroad, because each country, like the way that it's been defined is in these sort of pockets of, um, you know, borders that are arbitrary, you know, it's, it's in a way like we are all yeah. human beings, we all live on the same planet. And yet 
you know, just to, to, to kind of connect, to move, to send money is so difficult. And if you're in the West, we have better systems of sending money to one another, um, although there are fees. Um, but when you're sending money to particularly poorer countries where their currency is not as strong, they get so heavily charged. And those countries have to have a strong, you know, a heavy deposit or a heavy amount of US dollars in order to kind of meet a lot of these, you know, the money being sent across. So it just kind of perpetuates the US, the US having control over these countries. And so with Bitcoin, again, if we're all on the same, we're all with the same currency, there doesn't have, it, it's borderless. It doesn't matter where you are. It, you can send that money across the world. You can send that Bitcoin across the world and there are no high fees and different, you know, countries, have it where you are, where you happen to be born. Okay, well now it's going to cost me so much money to send my money home, the money I've earned. Whereas with Bitcoin, it avoids that. Um, and like you say, with banks, they have so much control, and but they are also they are under the control of uh, their governments, and their governments can enforce certain things on the banks to say, you know, you can't that person can't access their money now. Uh, whereas no one can shut down Bitcoin. They can ban it from a country, but Bitcoin is global. Like you can't shut the network down. So you can always, act, you can access it in different ways, but you can always move country and access it. There's always a way to access Bitcoin. It can't be just, it can't be stopped basically. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I loved like you just, yeah, I love the idea of that, just that connecting, the connections that Bitcoin brings. Um, yeah, it's, um. It's funny, I had that in my mind because I, I want to get a flag for my house. <laughs> and I was like looking for some flag that represented planet Earth. Mm. And so apparently there's now this um, this sort of tentative official flag logo that's sort of like the Olympics with the circles, but the circles are intertwined in sort of a spherical shape. Um, and I just thought it was interesting that it's sort of people are starting to think of planet Earth as one home mm -hmm. um, and sort of and that's sort of like the additional, um, I think, benefit or cool thing about Bitcoin. It, 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 it would be it's a global currency. Mm -hmm. Anybody anywhere can use it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just seems to be the right direction. Mm -hmm financially as we're moving that direction socially mm. and politically maybe yeah i completely agree and i think um i wrote a dissertation a long time about this about um you know moving towards you know global harmony and like out and the only way that we can address it was about the environment so the only way we can address the environmental problems that we have is as a whole as a global whole, recognizing that we share the air, we share the water. Um, and again, like those borders are arbitrary. You know, if one board, if one country is still polluting and the others aren't, the pollution is still taking place. And so everyone has to come together as a whole. And Bitcoin is just one of those. Um, I think it's part of the reason why I love it so much is it's one of those step, steps towards creating global unity. And but it doesn't rely on trusting one another. Like, are you definitely going to do what you said you're going to do? You definitely it's it's trustless. It's just that we all agree with the 
whoever is in use using it is in agreement with it. And the way that the money transfers is that you don't have to rely on trust. So, but it, it's creating unity. It's creating something that we are all part of. And it's almost the first thing I can think of. Um, I mean, maybe the internet um, is one of them as well, but it's just like this, this thing that is like taking on that global perspective which is something that we really need to start moving into is that we are all one. We are all part of the same earth. And, um, you know, there is no one that is controlling Bitcoin. And that's the thing is like, how can we come together and create change, but having no single person in charge of that with their own, you know, interpretation or their own ideas or their own ego. It's, you know, it's kind of egoless. And I think that's a really, really powerful really, really powerful thing for us as we move into the future to see that we can all be connected, um, particularly around something as important as money. Um, I was just thinking about in terms of all being connected, my my dad is overseas and uh, I've got him um, into uh, crypto as well now. And so it's sort of, it adds this wonderful dynamic conversation between us via like WhatsApp um, about, oh, where's, where's Bitcoin? Where's this? How's the market doing? And so it's, it's sort of interesting how it actually, for me personally, created this sort of new dynamic um, in terms of conversation with my dad. And my mom is kind of starting to get into it as well. So, and, you know, and so I'm trying to explain to them what it is. I think the relation, I mean, I think there is something about when people do understand it or they get inspired by it, there is a real connecting force because you kind of know that you're on the mm. same page as someone or that you're thinking about, you know, the future or life in a different way, or that you're just kind of, you're forward thinking or you're kind of visionarily thinking, you know, it's, it doesn't, it's almost like it doesn't matter if it works. It's like that capacity to be like, that's exciting. Let's go for it. Because yeah. my my mom was the same. Like she's seventy um, eight, <laughs> and I got her into crypto. Cool. And she was the first person I spoke to. So many people about crypto and Bitcoin. I was when I got into it, I was so inspired by it. And at that point, it was um, between eight and ten thousand. And I was just, you know, and Ethereum was I think one hundred and fifty. And I was just thinking. I just, I was like, this is something that is really important. And I was saying to lots of people, I was like, you know, it's time. I really feel it's time to get into Bitcoin. I really feel like this is the, the future. And kind of regardless of how much, how much it was, because like, I'm not too worried about the value, but it was just really interesting that my mom chose, she's like, oh yeah, I'm in. And at that point she was like, what, 74, 75. And most of my peers were looking at me like, oh no, I'm not touching that. And she was really well rewarded for that. So I felt really good um, for her decision, but she was so excited to kind of be a little bit on the edge and like be so far ahead in terms of her own peer group. Um, she's like, well, I'm like a millennial. <laughs> so it is, it's really nice to kind of find something that does connect. You know, you can see the thread of what you've come from too. Like, I'm like, oh, that's where that kind of, innovative edge comes from in myself because my mom has that and your dad has true that. yes oh my mom so had that yeah mm. <laughs> or has that yeah yeah and yeah I think the people that you know when you go on Twitter sometimes it can be a little bit um 
male centric or like kind of for sure yeah <laughs> techie boys um but when the, the women they're so I cute think, they are cute <laughs> and it's quite funny <laughs> you actually are really good at finding really funny memes uh, and I enjoy those immensely <laughs> but um but the women I've met like through teaching and just through when putting it out there whoever is attracted oh my god like I've made such amazing friendships because of crypto because of bitcoin and that feels so inspiring for me as well like the people that we are physically being connected with in reality uh because of this this technology it's just amazing yeah oh we haven't actually said who created it <gasps> well we're not exactly sure <laughs> but we are kind of <laughs> what's the name who are they or who is the person oh my god nakamoto no satoshi yes. satoshi nakamoto <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't really actually verbalized that name so it might but i've read it or seen that reference for mm -hmm. a long time Mm -hmm. um okay so I named him you kind of unpack that slightly please <laughs> him him so him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when bitcoin was launched it was launched by way of a white paper so being kind of released to the world of this is what um bitcoin is and this is what we want it to do and then kind of came the first the first mining of a bitcoin which is basically how bitcoin is produced but that is too technical, so we're not going to go into that. But the first Bitcoin was mined based like from a kind of computer program. And then everybody else who wanted to be part of it could download that computer program and begin to mine their own Bitcoin. That's how the decentralization works. But the person who released that white paper just signed off as Satoshi Nakamoto. And we have no idea. They remained anonymous to this day. And we have no idea if it's one person or several people. And from reports and there are certain people that we know very likely did work on it um and so it sounds like it was a group of people um but still to this day they have remained anonymous and it's one of the most powerful things that they did and continue to do and it's it's absolutely pivotal really to the nature of bitcoin is because it doesn't actually affect the code, like it doesn't affect the program, like it it's released. It's just it's basically perpetually. Um, um, anybody can download the Bitcoin program and mine Bitcoin. Although now it's very it's it's much more difficult because of how much Bitcoin has been mined and how difficult it is now to mine Bitcoin. But essentially, if with other um, with other coins where we know the person that created it, although they don't have this, they say they don't have as much sway over those currencies. The fact is, is that just like Elon Musk or anyone else, when you know someone is connected to something and they do something big or bad or whatever it is, then it really affects the technology. And so not just for the decentralization, not just for the kind of um, the fact that it's just been gifted to the world to use, but really, and but also for the fact that it's not manipulated by a person or an idea it's not associated to anyone so that that sense of anonymousness is so so pivotal and it just it, it when you start to understand what bitcoin is and how it works and the fact that the creators are anonymous it's so clever 
I think that's what I keep coming back to every time I come back to kind of Bitcoin and how it works. I'm just like, it's so clever. Every piece was thought about perfectly. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's really. I love also how you said it was gifted to the world. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but (laughs) I think that's, that's a great way of looking at it, that it was a gift to us. Um, and, I think that's exactly how it was meant in a way. Um, Oh, and if anybody wants to find out more about the white paper, you just have to Google Bitcoin white paper and it'll show up. Yeah. You can dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. uh, I think there's, um, I think it's bitcoin.org, which was a website that was set up after the time, but that like by people who are interested in Bitcoin, who basically kind of help to support you if you're interested in Bitcoin. And I think you can find the white paper there as well. I think it's bitcoin.org. But um, for, for beginners, the white paper is a bit complicated, but hopefully we made sense of, they do talk about Bitcoin That's true, being peer to peer. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it says like peer to peer, um cashless system i think it is of digital money so we talked about the peer-to-peer um and then you'll hear decentralized and distributed and so um hopefully there's a bit of understanding around that now um but when you said gift back i think that's so it like kind of gave me chills because it was gifted um and i think that people forget that i think that we get so caught up in what is the price doing or okay but is it a scam you know people are constantly fussing but they kind of forget that this was a gift it's like sometimes you can just sit back and go this is wonderful I it's it's a funny thing about the human psyche and maybe it's the way that we are so connected to news and bad news you know it's like we're always trying to find the negative and actually it's almost um it feels almost ungrateful that there's not enough people just being like thank you whoever you are thank you this is beautiful, a beautiful tool, um, a beautiful currency, a beautiful system. And um, we use it gratefully because it's free, mm. right? Like, I mean, to buy Bitcoin costs you money, but the whole system is free. It's literally been given, like those people who created it, years and years of work, just gifted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that makes me think I just, I I myself need to be more grateful every time I think, because I forget it too, you know, it's so easy because you get caught up in the politics, in the uh, the price, um, but always coming back to this gratefulness, I think will be, it's really grounding. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me that. Yeah. Yeah, I remind myself, I think too, because that feels really important suddenly. Um, and it's also, you know, I'm really looking forward to the day actually when the price stabilizes. And I think that's going to come quite far down the line because I think it's really about like mass adoption where the the, the ultimate price is set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look forward to that time. So we're not always arguing about price or worrying about it. And it's great if you want to make money, you know, and trade it, but that's not really the purpose of Bitcoin. You know, the purpose was to create a new system of currency and yeah, we're squabbling about how we can make more money out of that system. Well, how can we make more money out of the price rather than just recognizing that, you know, it's a gift and we can still send it to one another. 
you know, we can use it in the way that it was designed to be used um, or invested for like the longer term if you do think it's going up. But um, I definitely attribute some of my Bitcoin um, to being able to spend it, to send it to other people because I want to kind of participate in that movement and not just to be in it for making money, you know, or in it for the long term of making money. I do hold it long term because also I don't want to fully sell it because I believe in it even if it never goes up in price, I believe in it. I want Bitcoin. Um, but I think it's also important to, to, to use it um, to kind of feed that, feed the growth um, and keep appreciating yeah, what we've been given and use it for what it was you know, supposed to be used for. Um, yeah. And I mean, more opportunities are showing up in terms of how to you being able to use it. You can use it at many places. I mean, I think even Walmart, you can use it. Or maybe it was Walmart has ATM machines to get to buy Bitcoin. Oh, cool. I think that was it. But I, you know, McDonald's, um, Gucci, um, all, you know, more and Starbucks. These are places, yeah. uh, maybe not in all countries, but the companies themselves are moving towards that mm. in terms of accepting Bitcoin as a payment. So the opportunities are there to use it, mm. even when you're purchasing. I mean, people have purchased houses with Bitcoin, yeah. cars with Bitcoin, you know, so it's it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say to someone who is like doubting whether they should buy Bitcoin? Oh, that um, there's a set amount of Bitcoin that will ever, ever be mined. So it won't be like the dollar that you can always print as much mm -hmm. as you want. So um, which makes it, what does it make that makes it inherently very valuable and the price would never go down unless the, I think the only way Bitcoin crashes is if the internet crashes. Mm -hmm. And then if that happens, we have bigger fish to fry <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and so yes if the internet like turned off and never turned back on then you know you're right there are bigger problems um but it's also you know in terms of distribution like distributing your own um you know your own value you know it's like okay well if you put everything in bitcoin and the internet crashes. I mean, if you had everything in your bank and the internet crashes, you'd be exactly the same. Everything that they've got, all, all your, you know, everything they've got on you to know how much money you have is on their computer system. So if the computers crash, you've lost your money anyway. You're having a property or having, you know, other things to distribute. It's not just, you know, it's not just the one thing, but that argument, you know, works for both things. And we never say that about our money in the bank. We never go, oh God, if the internet went down, we'd lose all our money which we would. So um, it's interesting that we just apply that to Bitcoin. Um, and you're exactly right. So there's only 21 million Bitcoin and only, so we've already mined 19, over 19 million um, have been mined already. So we are 95% uh, of Bitcoin has been mined. So it's out there in the world. So there's not that much left ultimately to be mined. So or to be produced, to be created. So um, that's why people think that Bitcoin will exceed uh, in value over the years because of that rarity. Mm. So yeah, very good, very good answer to that question. <laughs> 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 okay.
think I have anything more to share about Bitcoin today. Mm. How about you? What do you have anything else you want to no, share? No, I don't really do either. I feel like we had a really good conversation and it's nice. Like this one, yeah. like we really had no plan. We just wanted to kind of show up and just chat about Bitcoin. And I think that felt really comfortable. So um, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll continue to do that. Um, but we'd love to know how people found yeah. it, like how people are responding to our videos. Uh, so let us know. And yeah. yeah. And f you can find out more information at the cryptoethic.com. There's a com. Dot com. Um yeah, so you can find us there. So thanks, Anya, for the lovely conversation today. Yeah, this was fun. It was nice seeing you. You too. And chatting. Uh, yeah, and chatting. And I will see you very soon. Bye.